0: And when we say we ran 5K, just like Castaway Key operates on island time, we did it on island distance, so it was probably closer to 2.8, but hey, I will take the medal. This week's episode of the DCL Duo podcast comes to you live, but recorded from of the amazing Disney Wish. We are sitting in the Bayou Lounge, and it is our second full day on board. Actually, it's our first full day on board. We embarked from Port Canaveral yesterday. We are sitting in the Bayou Lounge, having a drink uh, with some friends who will be joining us soon. Uh, today was Nassau Day, and it was quite the adventure, but we will get there in a bit. Uh, Sam, let's rewind to embarkation and... What is normally a smooth drive from Walt Disney World to Port Canaveral was made very difficult due to a fatal accident on Highway 528, which shut down all eastbound lanes of traffic and had us diverted off. So it took us quite a while to get from Walt Disney World to Port Canaveral, but we made it. Uh, Did not get to experience the concierge lounge at the port because we arrived around 1230 in the afternoon and boarding had already begun. And so they were up to like group 17 by the time we got there. Parked easily, got our luggage done. I think from time we arrived to time we got on the ship was probably 20 minutes total. So can't complain about the embarkation process. It went very, very smoothly. Sam, after we got on board, what did we get up to?
1: We headed very quickly to lunch at Marceline Market. We were specifically wanting to do the buffet lunch on this cruise because Brian and I had been jonesing for some chicken tiki masala, which we had heard from our friend Drew. Shout out to Drew and Haley that... On embarkation day at the buffet, they have chicken tikka masala. Uh, It was quite crazy and quite packed in Marceline Market. It was really hard to even find a table, but we eventually did find a table to sit down. It was quite windy outside. We... uh, Initially, I actually tried to sit outside, but it was just too windy to be able to do it. So following lunch at Marceline Market, we headed to check out our stateroom. We, as Brian mentioned, we were staying concierge, and so we decided to head to our stateroom as we knew it would be ready on the early side of things. We were in stateroom 11,000, and our stateroom is an ocean view concierge stateroom, which basically means it's at the very, very front of the ship on deck 11, and it faces basically the the rainforest room. It is directly underneath the bridge. So that's sort of our view, our view from our room. There's no veranda. The room is quite large. We are really actually quite happy with the room. The only negative is, of course, you don't have a veranda.
0: Yeah, the room is amazing. It has a forward-looking view that basically we have the same view as the captain does. I think the bridge is one deck above us. Us, literally so we're sitting right under the bridge and the view is unparalleled we have some videos up of our embarkation from Port Canaveral and our arrival into Nassau which again we'll talk about in a minute so it's an amazing amazing room I think it has a king bed in it which I didn't think they did for anything less than like a Roy level suite on the ship uh, really big great room we're really enjoying it and the view Sam what did we do after we checked out our room?
1: We headed to check out the concierge lounge since as Brian mentioned we're this is our first time staying concierge on The Wish we wanted to kind of see what the amenities were. We checked out both the lounge and the sun deck. Both are really nice, but I think we have some criticisms in general of the concierge experience on The Wish. It's definitely a different experience, but we'll talk about that later. But the lounge is quite beautiful. After spending a little bit of time just grabbing a soda in the lounge, we then headed to the kids club to try and register Nathan. Unfortunately, when Brian and Nathan were at the kids club. They ended up shutting down registration partway through because they ended it for the muster drill. So I was in our room unpacking. Brian was trying to register Nathan. That didn't happen. We ended up going to our muster drill and it has returned for sure to in-person muster drills. I'll let Brian talk about that a little more.
0: Yeah, I just want to say this ship is full, full, full for spring break. So it is lots of long lines. So while we have some potential criticisms of the concierge experience we'll talk about at the end, I want to say without concierge, we'd be standing in line a ton on this sailing. So it's, it's full. This ship is very, very, very full. And it shows that has impacted our experience in a couple of different ways. Uh, especially because of the weather that we've had on the sailing. In terms of the muster drill, uh, look, it is, in my opinion, in 2023, D-U-M-B to be doing an in-person muster drill. We were standing out on the deck. I think a key criticism I have right now of the Wish is it's still lacking in signage. So I knew we were muster station E, but none of the muster station signs actually had the letters on them for our station. Some did, some didn't. So I had no idea where we were going. We did find it. And then we stood out on deck for half an hour to 45 minutes for a five minute announcement, and then we're sent back. And, like, I hear people online saying, oh, this is about safety. Disney puts safety first. No, it is not about safety. It is about a business decision to save staff time and crew time, which I totally understand, except every other competitor in this space has reverted to the virtual muster drill or didn't do an in person, return to an in person muster drill at all. So, this is absolutely about staff and crew time. It has nothing to do with safety, in my opinion. So I really hope Disney will revert as did Royal recently and some of the other cruise lines who went from virtual back to in-person. Um, because I just think it's a better overall guest experience. And in an emergency, I just want to point out, they will have crews stationed at every entrance and exit directing people to their actual muster station. So it is not about implanting the memory in your mind about where your muster station is. If they wanted to do that, they'd have better signage. So afterwards, Sam took care of getting Nathan all registered for the kids club, which this ship still has the best kids club in the fleet. I think we've seen our son for a total of about, I don't know, three hours for this cruise. What would you say, Sam?
1: Yeah, maybe that. Maybe... Well, if you count dinner, then yeah, probably three hours. If you didn't count eating with us, then I would say we saw him for two hours, maybe. So following getting Nathan registered for the Kids Club, I headed to deliver some magnets across the ship for folks in our Facebook group. Brian and Nathan went back to the room and unpacked and kind of just hung out until we were ready for the show which the first night's show was Seize the Adventure in the Walt Disney Theater. It is a approximately 30 minute show. It is a fantastic variety show. The main character in the show is Goofy. So they have a bunch of different characters from various Disney movies. They've got Elsa. They had Merida. They had Moana. They had uh, Hercules. It was It's just a really fantastic little show. It's it's jam-packed with lots of characters and musical numbers. Fantastic crush musical number. Uh, if folks are familiar with The Finding Nemo show in Animal Kingdom. It's one of the songs, Go With The Flow, from that original show. It's just a super, it's just a super cute welcome aboard kind of an experience. Following that, the adults, we headed to Nightingale. So, sailing with us are some lovely friends who we met actually back in last February aboard the Disney Wonder. So, it's Ashley, Daniel, and their daughter, Catherine. And so, the kids headed to the kids' club, of course, once again. And myself, Brian, Ashley and Daniel headed to Nightingale's for a little a nice drink. I was able to have that bird drink, the sweet nightingale, I believe it's called. And it was really nice. And of course, it was served in that bird glass. But spoiler, you cannot take that bird glass outside of the bar. They will not let you walk out with it.
0: But did it taste like a bird's rear end? That's the question, Sam. Did it taste like a bird's rear end?
1: No, it did not. <laughs> I well, I should say, I don't really know what a bird's rear end tastes like. If but if it didn't taste like mint or it didn't taste like some kind of orangey fruity drink, then no, it doesn't taste like a bird's rear end. Following Nightingales, we grabbed the kids and we headed to 1923 for dinner. Of course, we I pretty I think we pretty much all ordered the steak because that's kind of the the star of the show as far as the main dish. We did, of course, have um appetizers as well. The burrata appetizer was excellent. Brian had a tortellini appetizer that was good. We had the churros and I can't remember the other dish that Brian ordered for dessert. Oh, it was like a panna cotta or something like that. It was
0: a signature dessert. I would not order it again. I would just get an order of the churros. It was it was okay. It was like a panna cotta, as Sam said, and it was okay. So yeah. After 1923, um, we called it a night. We're gonna have some friends on in a bit here to talk about some things that they did, and they did an old fashioned tasting, which I'm dying to hear about because I'm doing it in our August sailing. Quick asterisks about this entire cruise. Our review here, I think, is gonna be a little bit influenced by the weather. So. The weather has been, up until now, AWFUL awful. It is really bad. We sailed through a very significant, quote unquote, weather event, which is the code word on board for significant storm. Uh, Last night, I think we had 30 to 35 knot winds and something like 15 to 20 foot seas. So this boat, she was a rockin'. And uh, some people had trouble sleeping. Lots of people got sick. Lots of announcements from the crew reminders to go ahead and get the Dramamine on board, drink a little ginger ale, that sort of stuff. And this ship was rocking. I woke up a couple times during the evening thinking that we had been hit or hit something because the waves were slamming so hard. Nathan said that he heard the wind howling against the windows most of the night. Remember, we have a forward-facing room, so that wind is even kind of more brutal. This morning, to skip ahead, we woke up and sat down to watch the beautiful view of the ship arrive in Nassau and oh my god we were still rocking and rolling you can head over to the port tv if you want to see the ship coming in and it is listing heavy into port we felt it listing heavy into port but captain andy and crew managed to get us through some very tight spaces some very high waves and some heavy lists and get us pulled alongside the dock by about 9 45 a.m this morning about half hour to 45 minutes later than they wanted to get us docked. Uh, But we pulled alongside, they got us in. I think it was a miracle that they got us in. Passengers were excited because the ship was just staying in one place for a few hours and not rocking. I don't think many people got off. Most of the shore excursions were canceled. The pool was, uh, was open, but not being heavily used in the morning. And I will say the reason I put an asterisk by a lot of our opinions about this sailing will be influenced by the weather is that given the capacity of the cruise and what is available for people to do, a lot of things are crowded and oversubscribed because a lot of indoor activities became the focus of today. So after we got up, Sam did get us some lovely coffee from the concierge lounge so we could enjoy our sail in. Nathan and I grabbed some Rice Krispies for him because we had Palo brunch at 1030 this morning. But before our brunch, Sam had a Lovely, lovely massage, I believe, in the spa.
1: I did. It was probably the noisiest I've been, uh, I've had in a spa room, in the treatment room, because we were docking and the ship was rocking and it was just quite noisy, and hearing them put out the gangways and stuff like that from the spa. However, the the massage itself was wonderful. Um, Shanice from Jamaica was my masseuse and she was wonderful. So I had a really nice morning. And then I had to actually uh, race to get showered and changed so I could make brunch. It was a close call. I was about 10 minutes late for brunch and uh, poor Brian and Ashley and Daniel were waiting for me. They wouldn't seat our group without all four of us. Um, But we had really a fantastic brunch. We had a wonderful server named niece from Brazil. And she waited on us really nicely. And she approved of all of our dish choices because, of course, you know, there's some judgment there, kind of like my rapid fire. We got the antipasti. We got some pizzas. We got all the assorted breads. We had the tomato soup. Brian was the only one who ordered eggs, but the three of us ordered the tomato soup. So honestly, it was just a, a fantastic brunch. As Brian said, the weather was not good at all. And one thing I will note is tonight, it's also rocking pretty hard. And in every bathroom yesterday and every bathroom today, there are barf bags everywhere. So you, I'm not saying I'm seeing them being used, but I am seeing the barf bags stationed everywhere everywhere. And in, I think the the kids club, I think they had them as well. Oh, and there, yeah, there have been some kids that have been getting sick on board for sure.
0: I thought they were just to-go bags. They're barf bags. Oh, I didn't know. I don't get seasick, so uh, this motion does not affect me. I just have an extra martini at night, and I'm good to go. So
1: yeah, Brian is quite lucky. He and Nathan, neither of them, get really seasick. But I have been, I've been wearing one of those patches since shortly after we left port yesterday. I've been fine because of that. But Ashley, who's sitting across from me right now, has been drinking ginger ale pretty much the entire cruise to keep to calm her stomach. So it's definitely a thing. This is not this is no joke. We do tend to talk about the Caribbean and how mild it is. And it usually really is. But it is just not right now. So anyway, following brunch, we kind of hung out in the room for a little bit. Um, The kids wanted to just kind of chill and eat some lunch. And then uh, we did the course because the course was out today which is a big blow up obstacle course there's like a slide it's like a bouncy house but it's an obstacle bouncy house not a not just a regular bouncy house so we all did the course we did myself versus Nathan Ashley versus Catherine then the kids wanted to go against their dads so Brian versus Nathan and Catherine versus Daniel and then of course Ashley and Daniel decided to go against each other and Nathan and Catherine went against each other. So I'm going to just put it out there and say... The Incredicoarse is not made for adults. Like it's really hard to get through the. Uh, there's this loop de loop part that's the arms of Mrs. Incredible that it like adults just don't fit through it well.
0: I cheated halfway through the course and I still got smoked by my son. So no, the Incredicoarse is not made for adults. Holy cardio, Batman! Like I do not know how those kids just race through that course. Nathan was complaining because apparently I was shaking the entire course and slowing him down. So I say to folks like Willie, who did this course in his shorts and came back bruised and beaten. I hear you. I understand you now. You are seen. That course is for kids only.
1: Yeah, we felt like we needed to check a box. We checked that box. And I think we're done with that box now forevermore. So following the course, I was lucky enough to get to do the walking the wish tour which Ashley and Daniel had actually signed up for. Brian and I had missed the sign up for. You have to do it in the app, I believe, like on day one. And we just didn't, hadn't noticed it. But Daniel decided to go out for a run on land in Nassau. Crazy guy in the pouring rain. But, you know, it was to my benefit. So we got to do the Walking the Wish tour. We had a tour guide named Zara from England. She was fantastic. I will say it, I didn't learn anything that I didn't otherwise know, except for a couple of the paintings that she pointed out but i do think it's a great little introduction to the design of the wish it's not quite as um extensive as the art of the theme ship tour that i've done on other ships but i did enjoy this uh i enjoy this tour this evening, so far, we have seen The Little Mermaid in the Walt Disney Theater. So I need to talk about that. It was a fantastic show. Both Ariel and Ursula are amazing. Normally, Ursula is a uh, is played by a Broadway visiting actor, actress. And I'm guessing that she was because she was just phenomenal. I think Ursula just stole the whole darn show. Um, And then tonight, we're going to be headed to Worlds of Marvel in a little bit. But as Brian said, we're enjoying a drink here at the Bayou Lounge. I'm actually drinking an Abita Root Beer, um, which is... I love it. I mean, honestly, I know it's a non-alcoholic drink, but it's a fantastic root beer. Brian is drinking it old fashioned, and we are listening to Matt Grinky, who is the piano player, and he's playing all kinds of uh heroes and villains themed music. So he played Poor Unfortunate Souls and a whole bunch of other stuff. It's super fun.
0: And you may also be listening to Matt Grinky because I have no idea the quality of this audio. I will have to check it when I get back to the room. I hope it's good. Uh we are hoping to be able to dock at Castaway Key tomorrow. So Fingers crossed we get to dock. We do have a cabana tomorrow and excited to experience our first legitimate cabana on Castaway Key. We're no one's guest. No one else booked it for us. We booked ourselves. So excited to experience that. Uh, oh, as Sam mentioned, I am having my second old fashioned of the cruise. I cannot stress enough that I think the best cocktail on board this ship is the old fashioned made at Hooks Barbary. So, if you have a chance to go there, it is fantastic. When you roll by during the day, you won't see a bar, but at night, there is a bar in there. It's amazing. I love it. Every night I go in, I just pick a bourbon and ask the bartender to build me an old fashioned around it. It's always delicious. So, highly recommend it. So, fingers crossed we dock at Castaway Key tomorrow. For now, we're going to sign off. DCL Duo, we'll be back. All right. And we're back. We're on the concierge sun deck aboard the Disney Wish. It is our last full day where it's a sea day. We disembark in Port Canaveral tomorrow. And nothing takes this thing out of disembarkation like reembarkation because we are back to back. So we will let you know how the back to back experience goes in uh, an upcoming segment. Uh, but for now, we wanted to recap the rest of our experience on board the Wish heading into our last evening of dinner. So we'll have one more segment here at the end of the show uh, to talk about uh, the final dinner we have and anything we get up to this evening and the disembarkation process. But for now, when we left you last, we were in the Bayou Lounge and we were on our way to Worlds of Marvel for dinner. Uh, Sam, Worlds of Marvel, the show changed a little bit since we were on the Maiden voyage. And so what did you think of Worlds of Marvel? We were concerned on the Maiden about its repeatability. I will say after however many months it's been since we were on the ship, it was fun to see it again. I don't know how much I'm jonesing to see it one more time on the next sailing, though.
1: So I actually preferred the show when we saw it on the Maiden and the DVC charter. Um, And I say that because... They have they've changed some of the video segments of the show and they added in a segment with Spider-Man. But then at the very end of the show, there were a couple of things that they used to do, like bring out mini um, tiny little brownie muffin things uh, to basically tell you that they had shrunk your dessert. And they would bring out these like large size desserts, like a large Mickey bar to make it look like they had also um increase the size of a bunch of food as well. So that didn't happen. And then we didn't get Ant-Man or the Wasp, which is who we got the original uh, on the maiden voyage. But instead we got Spider-Man that came through the dining room. However, he didn't really stop and interact very much. Um, He barely came, you know, within a few feet of our uh, table. And so none of the kids got to take really pictures with them or anything like that. And, Again, no Ant Man and the Wasp. I didn't really notice much change in the food, to be perfectly honest. I had one of the same dishes that I had previously had. I, I think there are some changes, but again, not to the dishes that I ordered. So that, that didn't really make a big difference to me. What did what do you think, Bray? Yeah, not a big
0: difference. I mean, I had the angel hair pasta with like the scallops and I, it was good. I enjoyed the pasta. Actually, I would order it again if I'm in Worlds of Marvel. Other than that, I had an appetizer that was the steam bao bun, which I thought, I thought was also pretty good. I think it's a fun little dish to have on the menu. And I had the iceberg wedge salad, which I thought was also pretty good. I think the last time I was on, I might have tried the potato soup. I think I also tried last time the tenderloin, but I would prefer the pasta over the tenderloin, I think. I thought the Chicken snitchel was a net new on the Worlds of Marvel menu. I don't remember it being on the one on the Maiden, but I could be wrong about that, but... I agree. I thought that the addition of the Spider-Man vignette into the show felt a little forced and awkward. And then Spider-Man was the only character who came out, despite the fact that the show focuses on Ant-Man and the Wasp. Most of the time. So I don't know why. Like, if they wanted to add Spider-Man, that's cool. And that's what we had thought. What I had heard they were doing is that Ant-Man and the Wasp were still coming out. Like, everything stayed the same. They just added Spider-Man But at our show, at least, it was only Spider-Man who came out to do the meet and greet. And his meet and greet was pretty cursory. I mean, he was just running through the restaurant, giving people high fives and tapping people on the shoulder and stuff. There was no real stop for him to make or anything like that. So anyway... Worlds of Marvel, I think, still okay. I think with enough time, it's a fun show to go see again. Uh, But I think if you're, you know, sailing on the ship consistently, but I think if you're sailing on this ship repeatedly, it would pretty quickly climb to the top of my list as the one to miss in favor of doing some adult dining. So, Sam, after we wrapped up dinner, I headed to the stateroom, but you decided to listen to the smooth sounds of...
1: Matt Grinky, I hope I'm saying his name right but he is a he's one of the music captains on the ship and he's a piano player and so he was playing on a keyboard in the bayou uh, some really great uh, music some all you know Disney music but made more I don't know made a little different um, so he was playing some like at one point, we heard him playing some princess theme music. Then we heard him playing some villain theme music later. But either way, he was really, really wonderful to listen to. Uh, the kids had gone to the kids' club. And so when Nathan finished at the kids' club, uh, our friends went to bed. Um, but I took Nathan to the Grand Hall to watch the Kiss Goodnight, which for those who don't know, there is this grand chandelier in the Great Hall, meaning at the center of the ship. Uh, that hangs over sort of Deck 3, 4, and 5. And so if you go down on Deck 3 at either 10 p.m., 11 p.m., or midnight, I believe we were there at 11 p.m., uh, you can watch essentially a light show that happens on every night with the chandelier. It is a different show on Pirate Night. We have not gone on Pirate Night, but it was really nice to watch and enjoy. And then we headed to bed.
0: All right, and then that evening we had a much smoother sailing. Uh, the captain came on and said he expected much calmer waters and wanted us to get some sleep that night. And so we had much smoother sailing. And in the morning we were docking at Castaway Key, and so uh, we did take a little effort to get into Castaway Key. But thanks to the masterful sailing of Captain Andy, we got into Castaway Key and uh, got off for the day. Weather again on this cruise not fantastic, and so Castaway Key was mostly overcast and. Uh, well, was completely overcast. It was basically drizzling on and off throughout the entire day with some periods of like heavy rain. We had a cabana though, which took the sting out of the weather because we were able to seek refuge in our cabana during the day and just kind of hang out in the warm weather, have some drinks. Kids didn't mind getting rained on as they played in the ocean. Um, It did mean that activities were shut down on the islands. At one point, Nathan... And his friend, Catherine, who will hopefully make an appearance on the show a bit later, uh, wanted to go to the Scuttles Cove on the island, and it had been mostly closed for the day because of the rain which was kind of unfortunate lots of lines at the barbecue i will say that's been a theme throughout this cruise it is very very crowded so lines everywhere so some pretty hefty lines at the barbecue initially to get food um but you know otherwise it was just kind of a normal castaway key day but the weather was not super cooperative i don't know sam anything stand out for you at castaway key this time around
1: the ribs at cookies too were better than i remembered them being that's pretty much it (laughs) Except uh, one thing we did, in addition to just lounging around Castaway, actually at the very beginning of the day, was we uh, ran the 5K. We hadn't done that in quite a while, but Brian and I are both at the very beginning stages of training for the Disneyland Half Marathon in 2024. And so we thought, you know what, we need to get in a training run. So we did interval walk run. Uh, And did the 5k and got our medals. They were, they did have the medals on the island at the where the bike rental uh, location is. And so we were able to get our rubber Castaway Key 5k medals.
0: And when we say we ran 5k, just like Castaway Key operates on island time, we did it on island distance. So it was probably closer to 2.8, but hey. I will take the medal. So, yeah. So, after Castaway, we we left the island around 2.30, I believe, to get back on the ship. And boy, did we miss the heavy rain that came after. So, got back on the ship at just the right time. And so, we mostly just kind of hung out in our room uh, for most of the afternoon. We've not been doing a ton of activities on this, uh, on this sailing. I think Sam and I both needed kind of a vacation. And so, we've not been running from place to place. So, we sat in the room for a bit. Nathan ended up in the kids' club. And Sam and I tried, with a huge asterisk uncharted adventures and oh man was it filled with promise yet so buggy so sam couldn't get the game to load at all on her phone i managed to get it to load Sam figured out she needed an app update. So she got her app update, but that took a while. So we just ended up playing on my phone only, got it to work, got to the first station. And it was like a picture on the wall. And you're supposed to play a game where you're moving Peter Pan basically back and forth across the screen to collect as many stars as you could without hitting certain kinds of obstacles. And you did this by using your phone to tilt it sideways or forward and backwards to make him go slower, faster, or I think up, down, left, right. Basically, my phone did not work. At all. So I just had to stand there and watch Peter Pan fly into all the bad stuff and get to the end. And then that was it. And there was no opportunity, it seemed like, to replay it. Uh, or reset it or do anything like that so we did try to go to the second station after that one uh, near hooks barbary and it worked there the game worked there and it was really cool because it was interacting with some lighting in the ship and so that was really fun but kind of hit or miss for us and after the second station we just decided we were going to wait until the next sailing to try and do it together and see if we could get the game reset and try over some of this stuff so um, I would say still very buggy for my tastes, uh, and I hope that they fix that issue because it does seem like a fun game. So I hope there's more work being done to debug the game, so to speak. So after that, we uh, we we got cleaned up for dinner. We had a few drinks in the concierge lounge, or a drink in the concierge lounge, I should say, and then we headed to the Rose because we had dinner at Enchanté last night, and let me tell you, it was fabulous. So love drinks at the Rose. I had a monkey spritz, which is one of my favorite drinks at the Rose has some, I think it's Monkey 47 gin in it. And I love a good gin cocktail. So had one of those. And then we were escorted into Enchante and got to see the little Lumiere Easter egg in the hallway into Enchante and got some photos in front of the sort of chandelier centerpiece in Enchante that's meant to look like champagne bubbles uh, rising up out of the the floor, essentially. And then we were escorted to our table, which Sam, there was a little pixie dust and magic going on last night because where was our table?
1: In the private room.
0: Not only was it a private room, but it had a private balcony off the back of it. So we were in the Enchante private dining room. It was a table for six and there were only four of us. So it was uh, very nice and comfortable. We had fabulous servers. Sam, you remember the names of the servers last night? I know Dimitri was like the stand-up comic of the evening.
1: Yes, Dimitri was our assistant server. Our main server was Guyane, I believe.
0: Yeah, so it was a fabulous meal. We all opted for the collection, which is a $195 per person menu with essentially nine courses from the chef, you know, give or take. We had a canapé course, an amuse-bouche course, then the nine courses of uh, the dinner, and then a couple of uh, bonus dessert courses uh, at the end. Yeah, petit fours and a cake, a celebratory cake for the couple we're sailing with who were celebrating an anniversary on this cruise. And so we also got wine pairings, although we shared a wine pairing so that we were basically each drinking half of a glass of the pairing, uh, which was fabulous. But the food from beginning to end was amazing. It's hard for me to pick out a favorite dish, but we had lobster. We had a caviar dish. We had squab. We had a turbot dish. Uh, just so much great food came out of that kitchen. And at the end, who'd we get to meet, Sam?
1: We got to meet the chef, uh, the executive chef, Fabrice. He is the executive chef for Enchante. I believe he's also uh, the executive chef or was one of the executive chefs at Remy. And he was just fantastic. He stood around and chatted with us for, I don't know, maybe 15, 20 minutes. And uh, we did even talk to him about what was going to be happening on The Treasure. And I'm going to give you a spoiler that you hopefully maybe heard it here first but Enchante will be replicated on the treasure. There will be some tweaks to kitchen design and whatnot for, you know, their efficiency. But Enchante will be appearing on the Disney treasure ship number six. But we had, yeah, we had a really nice dinner. I will say it was a little bit more adventurous than my taste. And I consider myself to be a fairly adventurous eater. Um, But for example, the squab course, it came with foie gras. And I actually really don't like foie gras. And so I didn't eat the foie gras. I ate, I tasted it, but I didn't really eat it. And then I did eat the squab, which was delicious. Um, And then the turbot, I didn't really love uh, the preparation of the turbot. But Brian definitely loved it. And I um, did love the lobster course and the tomato course, but it was a little, I would say that the food was a little bit rich for me and uh, quite, quite filling. By the end of the night, I was not feeling all that well just because of how much very rich food we had eaten. Now, interestingly, uh, it was also pirate night. So we skipped all of the pirate festiv- festivities and Nathan. Ended up going to dinner um, with uh, some other guests. Basically, he made some friends at the kids club and the friend invited Nathan and Catherine, who, as Brian said, you'll hear from later in the show go to World of Marvel with her mom uh, for the evening. So Nathan and Catherine went with their friend Madeline and Madeline's mom to dinner at Worlds of Marvel. Nathan did not end up going to the pirate festivities. He was just kind of, I think, done for the day following dinner. And so we met him back at the room after our Enchante dinner. But yeah, it was a, a long day for all of us, but a really fantastic one. I will say that the private dining room in Enchante was just a fabulous location. And the company was wonderful as well. Uh, We had dinner with With Ashley and Daniel, who you'll hear from at the end of the show as well. And yeah, it was just a really nice experience.
0: Yes. And after Enchante dinner, it was time for bed because that dinner is very long. So we had a 630 dinner and we were not done with dinner until almost 10 o'clock. So uh, it was a long dinner. So we headed to bed and uh, this morning we woke up. It was a sea day and Captain Andy has parked us or had parked us. It's starting to get a little overcast now as we head back toward Port Canaveral, but had parked us in a nice blue patch of sky with lots of sun, good temperatures today. So The pool deck was hopping. And so we tried to find some seats on the pool deck a little later this morning and could not because there were like zero seats available. But I started my day with a shave at Hooks Barbary, one of my favorite treatments I've talked about on the show before. But the Men's Pro Collagen Shave in Hooks Barbary was fabulous uh, and uh, love that treatment every time I have it. Sam, you had a pedicure today?
1: That's correct. I had a pedicure in the Untangled Salon, uh, which was fabulous. I very much enjoy getting spa treatments on board a Disney cruise. I usually get a massage and a pedicure. Those are sort of my two favorites. And then if I decide to have a third, that's often a facial. But yeah, it was a really nice treatment. After that, I grabbed Nathan to go get some breakfast in the um, concierge lounge. And then we headed actually to the pool deck to do the Aqua Mouse since this was the our first opportunity to get on the aqua Mouse on this cruise, we only did it once we did have the um, I'm gonna call it the Yeti scene rather than the Kraken scene and yeah it was everything was working well except none of the sprayers inside where the screens are. So for those who haven't uh, been on the Aqua Mouse, the first part of the ride is essentially you're sitting on a conveyor belt and you're looking at some screens and there's a story being told in cartoon form. And during that, you usually get sprayed with little like water shooter things. And there were that wasn't working. But other than that, it was actually a really fun ride. And then we decided to uh, basically spend some time on the concierge sun deck because the pool deck, as Brian said, was just so crowded. We could not find seats anywhere. Uh, We did later go down for lunch and found, you know, a table to sit at uh, so that we could eat some of Donald's Cantina for me and the Smokestack Barbecue for Brian. But we didn't really spend too much time on the main pool deck because it was just filled with people um, everywhere you went. You, you really couldn't move. Um, but Brian, you did check out the rainforest room following your shave. Why don't you tell us about that?
0: Yeah, I mostly wanted to be in the rainforest room to find a place outside to sit. And so they have these nice swinging loungers. And so I found one of those and uh, hung out there. It did look like all the showers and warm loungers were operating and working again. I am going to be back in the rainforest room on the next sailing, so I can report back a little bit more on it. Uh, it was far, 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 far less crowded than the pool deck. In fact, it was practically empty when I got there at ten thirty this morning. So, proved to be a great spot to hang out and read a book for a bit and just relax and unwind. And uh, you know, the only thing that still puzzles me about that lounge—it's fantastic that the rainforest room has the outdoor space, but. It was a little annoying, like people walking along the deck on the front of the ship and kind of looking down. It really kind of destroys the serenity a little bit. Um, not enough for me not to go back, but but it is kind of still an odd uh, design choice to have that secluded area that you have to pay to get into, but anyone can kind of be looking down in it. So anyway, uh, also, I meant to go back early in the show and correct one thing I said. I think earlier in the show, I said our room sits right below the bridge. In fact, I learned today we sit right above it. So uh, our room is right above the bridge. I noticed that while I was sitting in the Rainforest Room, and so wanted to relay that. But yeah, I had a nice day in the Rainforest Room and loved my Mickey's Smokehouse Barbecue lunch. Although, as we've heard from a few people, one thing that has changed is that the brisket is no longer beef brisket. It is now corned beef brisket and universally does not get good reviews from people who are having it. So after hearing several people tell me it was not good, uh, I decided not to try it, but I had the pulled pork, the sausage, and some ribs, and they were all fantastic. So the Smokehouse Barbecue is still living up to a great review in my mind. Had a fabulous lunch there. Hoping to hit up the cantina on the next uh, on the next sailing for lunch one day. But yeah, had a great uh, afternoon. I've been sitting in the concierge sun deck most of the afternoon, which has been been great because uh, while it was crowded, there was plenty of space to find a seat. Uh, and I was able to sit in the um, this pool that they have that's really kind of like Satellite Falls, where you have a seat and water is running down the seat and you can kind of dip your feet in the water. It's not like a real pool. So, in fact, that is the best analogy for those who have not sailed concierge or sailed concierge on the Wish. If you're wondering what the concierge sun deck is like, Sam and I have decided it is essentially Satellite Falls for families. So, uh, if you're sailing concierge, kids are allowed in here. Adults are allowed in here. There's a full bar here. It's not complimentary uh, as it is in the concierge lounge after five o'clock. It's just a cash bar, but that's a nice thing to have. You don't have to leave the lounge to go find a drink if you want one. Uh, Sam, you ordered some hot food today for Nathan. I don't know if you got a chance to try it. I tried the pizza that you ordered. I thought it was pretty good. And Nathan said he thought it was even better than the sliders, but they do have a kitchen in the concierge lounge. So uh, they have a hot food menu for lunch. I suspect the most popular items on it are the hamburger sliders and the flatbread pizza Uh, the other stuff sounded a little weird uh, to me from the standpoint of having a lunch on the sun deck. But yeah, so anyway, I've been hanging out in the lounge. Sam, meanwhile, took Nathan to Olaf's picnic. And so, Sam, you want to tell folks all about Olaf's picnic?
1: Absolutely. So it's actually called Olaf's Royal Picnic. This is a reservation-only event. It is something that you have to book when your booking window opens. So that would be 130 days for uh, concierge, 120 days for platinum and so on and so forth for gold, silver, and first timers. Basically, it's the onboard activity booking. For children, I believe the cost is like $220. And then for adults, it is, I think, $69 or $68 per adult. Um, and I, I say this, it is definitely an expensive event. Um, it's about an hour to and maybe an hour and 15 minutes long. And it is usually held on either C Day or Nassau Day, depending upon whether it is. A three or four night cruise. And it's usually held at somewhere between 2 or 3 p.m. Ours was at 2.30. And basically what it is, is it's it's a show in the Arendelle restaurant with several characters. You get to see Anna, Elsa, Kristoff, and Olaf, of course. Olaf is an animatronic. Um, I'll, I won't say anything more because I don't want to spoil it for the kids. But basically there is a lot of singing, there is a lot of entertainment going on, and you are also being served food. I I would say it's very probably similar to what people have done at the, I think they call it the Royal Tea on the other ships, which is a a princess event. But this, you had finger sandwiches and some scones, and then you have a bunch of desserts that are brought out as well, including uh, cupcakes for the kids but everything is decorated, very frozen. Um, everything is, um, uh, you can get refills of everything, anything that you want and soda and, you know, soft drinks are included basically. And for the kids, the kids, the reason their ticket is way more expensive than the adult ticket is they get to leave with a bunch of gifts basically. So they got like a coloring book slash activity book, a, uh, backpack, a, um, troll stuffed animal, a mandolin, a necklace, um, I know I'm forgetting something. But anyway, they they owe a a cup uh, with a swirly straw. So they come away with quite a few gifts. And then at the very end, you are invited to take your picture with uh, with the three main characters, Anna, Elsa, and Kristoff. So, yeah, it was a really fun event. It was actually better than I expected it to be. I, I wish I hadn't eaten lunch because there was just a, plenty of food to be eaten there. I will say the, f- the food that they serve was not really food that the kids would like. Um, it, the food is probably more for an adult palate, except maybe the desserts. So Nathan ate really nothing. Um, but I was able to take his cupcake with us. So hopefully he will eat that. But there wasn't really enough time to eat all the desserts because that those came out at the very end. All in all, it's a good event um, if you can book it. I believe that you cannot book it as just an adult or adults with teens. You actually have to have a child that is between the ages of 3 and 12. And then they get so many adults that essentially can come with them. So again, ticketed event, reservation only. At your booking window. And it is something you can cancel, but you still need to cancel it like an excursion. I believe it's like two days before the cruise or more than two days before the cruise. So, yeah, I thought it was a really fun experience. Um, I am curious to hear from Nathan and Catherine as to what they thought of the event. Um, Catherine had done Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique earlier, so she was dressed up as Elsa and you know, had the hair and the makeup and everything. So she was kind of perfectly themed for it. Nathan, on the other hand, was just wearing regular clothes because he is not really much for costumes. Um, but I I got the impression he liked it, but I, I think we should hear from him later on the show.
0: Yeah, so tonight we have a lot going on. We've been invited to have some drinks in the Tower Suite. And so we're going to go over there and check out the Tower Suite, meet up with Chris in the Concierge Lounge. He's been on the show before uh, and check out the Tower Suite uh, that he has so graciously invited us to come see. And then uh, after that, we're probably going to hit up uh, some place to grab a drink and uh, talk to the kids about their Olaf experience and get their thoughts on the cruise and hopefully get. Ashley and Daniel's thoughts on the cruise we've been sailing with and then uh, yeah after that we've got Arendelle dinner tonight which uh, I'm really curious to see how that show holds up and what the restaurant looks like because we have noticed that on the maiden voyage the restaurants felt really tight and crowded and Sam thinks that maybe they have somehow corrected that issue. I don't know how given the number of people on the ship currently Um, but it'll be interesting to see how we feel because I think I felt the most cramped in Arendelle so I'm really interested to see if the table spacing seems any different. different at all and also see how that show goes so we will report back we're gonna wrap it up there now so uh the dcl duo will be back Hey, DCL Duo fans. You know, we get the question all the time. Should I use a travel agent to book my next Disney cruise or should I just book with Disney directly? And I'm gonna tell you, if you have that question in the back of your mind right now, you should stop what you're doing and head over to mypathunwinding.com slash DCL Duo. The folks over at My Path Unwinding provide an amazing service. They are so knowledgeable and so friendly. We rely on them ourselves to book our family vacations and they provide an amazing service. And the best part is you don't pay anything extra for it. Disney, other tour providers, and other cruise lines have built the cost of their commission into their pricing. So if you're booking directly, you are just paying that money back to the provider when you could be spending it on the kind of service you would get from My Path Unwinding Travel. You've heard from their agents on our show. They are so knowledgeable, so giving of their time. They know so much about Disney Cruise Line, Sailing Concierge, other cruise lines, other all-inclusive vacations and adventures by Disney that if you have a vacation in mind, they are the ones to book it for you. So again, head over to MyPathUnwinding.com slash DCL duo so they know we sent you their way thanks my path unwinding for sponsoring the show and with that back to our episode all right we're back we're taking a little break in the action from our own trip report to get some thoughts from daniel and ashley who've been sailing with us on this cruise and we're super excited to hear from them one thing they did on night one that I have not done yet, and I'm really interested to hear all about, is the old fashioned tasting in Hook's Barbary. And so I'm going to pass the mic over to Daniel and let him tell you all about that tasting in Hook's Barbary.
2: Oh, man, I'm supposed to remember all of the uh, different bourbons that we had. The, the great thing about these tastings is that, that everything they do is unique. There were no bourbons in the old fashioned tasting, which uh, bourbon is the, you know, that's the default old fashioned. We started with a Canadian whiskey, chocolate, uh, chocolate bourbon, uh, chocolate whiskey, whiskey with chocolate flavors, and and Grand Marnier, so good.
3: We then had an old fashioned with rum in it, and that was not my favorite because a rum should be a fruity island drink, not a classic old fashioned. But my favorite part of the tasting is that we also got little chocolates to pair with the old-fashioned. So, of course, the dessert won me over.
2: Agreed. It was, uh, it was a very unique experience. And they even went through what an old-fashioned was. And it was because originally old-fashions were uh, whiskey and sugars uh, without all of the extra bitters and, and aromatics and, and things that are added now. When bartenders were starting to add fruits and things, people would come in and say, I would like to get a, a whiskey sour, an old-fashioned whiskey uh, sour. And then what they meant was, I want it with just the basics so
3: i thought it was interesting that there were only six people hooks barber is very small and the tasting is just for six people and that is it so it is a pretty difficult thing to get into so just keep checking the app uh, especially when you check in at the port to see if there are any openings and i
0: think they only offer it on night one because we are on cruises in august and the one we got booked into is night one i haven't seen it offered on other nights did you see it offered on other nights
3: feel like I did see another, maybe it was just a straight whiskey tasting and not the old fashioned tasting. Uh, but there seemed to be limited offerings for sure.
0: All right. So Many of you know Sam and I are big fans of Remy, Palo, and Enchante. Enchante and Remy are a little divisive out there given uh, how fancy the food can be and how adventurous you need to be in order to eat there. Also, the price tag is not cheap. And so the four of us had a lovely adult dinner that we just talked about in the last segment at Enchante. And I am really interested to get Ashley and Daniel's thoughts on that dinner. And so I'm not going to poison the well with our own thinking here, but I really want to hear their thoughts about dinner. So I'm going to start with Ashley this time.
3: You definitely need to be an adventurous eater. Um, They can accommodate dietary requests if you give them a heads up. I thought it was very different than Remy. Remy, you... I feel like there were less courses and also you had some beef, some pork, maybe a chicken. This meal was crazy inventive. Uh, We did have a fish. Dish, but there were so many vegetable offerings. The salad with the walnut. And I think my favorite dish was, we called it the peanut butter and jelly dish. Uh, but it essentially was an incredibly fancy gelée inside a ravioli and then with a peanut sauce on top. It was ridiculous and weird and delicious all at the same time.
2: I have to say that the uh, the appetizer that we had at the beginning the tomato, it was like a tomato pie, but it was, it was made of tomato and it was... Uh, there was miso. There was uh, there was tomato paste. There was tomato baked in layers. Uh, there was a really refreshing tomato water to like to to wash it down with, and it was so creative and so well done and uh, amazing the things they were able to do with just tomato.
3: And we also really enjoyed the wine pairing. We split the wine pairing. And of course, my favorite was the sauternes at the end. Uh, And the extra desserts that just keep on coming, uh, we ended up being so full that we put a few of them on a saucer and then had them with our breakfast coffee this morning.
2: (laughs) Can we talk about the fact that we were in our own private enclosed room? So we're on a ship with 4,000 people. And I don't know, just lucky, I guess, but we were seated in a private, uh, in a private dining room with its own personal balcony. Um, it was raining and stuff. So it's not like we went out there, but but it was just amazing. 4,000 4, people on the ship. It's just the four of us with uh, with all of the wait staff and the chef coming out to to talk through the courses. It was, it was really a phenomenal uh, experience, I think.
1: Yeah, I want to echo one thing that Ashley said, which is about food allergies. So Ashley has a soy protein allergy and they were able to accommodate in her dishes. There was only one dish where she had a completely different dish than what we had, which was the tomato pie dish. But then every other dish that Ashley had was the same as ours, even if one ingredient needed to be substituted or removed. And so it, it seemed quite seamless that we all had this amazing nine-course experience and as Ashley mentioned, I think if you give them the heads up, even if you didn't when you originally made your reservation, but if you give them the heads up a day in advance or, you know, or give or, you know, give them a call when you get on ship to let them know they can plan ahead and and make amazing things happen as, as long as they know it in advance.
0: I failed to mention up front that we are sitting in the Grand Hall. So the noise in the background you hear is uh, folks really giving their best belts uh, to some famous Disney songs in the Grand Hall. So uh, if you hear that noise that's what that is. Uh, and I, I just want to round out our discussion of Enchante here by saying, Willie, Rebecca, Tracy, Michael, I think we're going to have to request that private room on our cruise in August. So uh, we we'll are have to see if we can make that happen. Let me close out our chat here with Ashley and Daniel by asking them to provide one thing that they did that they really, really enjoyed and one favorite memory from the cruise. So I'll start with Daniel.
2: Of Course you'd start with me. Um yeah, I so this was my first time on The Wish. And um I I, I loved how like how feature packed this whole ship is. Like every time you turn a corner, there's something going on. There's a shop or a or a bar. I you know, favorite experiences are, are, are usually things with my family. Yeah, I think uh I th- I, I think uh, you know if I had to go with a a single favorite experience, uh, you know, honestly, it was uh spending time spending time in your like in the suites and just hanging out with you guys. Like that that's my favorite part of all cruises.
3: Well, I really enjoyed Olaf's picnic during this cruise. It was, if you're a frozen fan, it is heaven for you. It was so much fun, an entertaining show. It's like the Arendelle dinner, but with gifts for all the kids and a slightly different. Variety of songs, but still just fantastic. And a new experience I had for this uh, sailing is I did a massage at Castaway Key, and I've never done that before. I do enjoy going to the spa, and our Castaway Key day was very rainy, but hearing the waves, hearing the raindrops on the tin roof while getting a massage was just lovely. So we really tried to embrace the cooler weather, and nobody got sunburned.
0: All right, so I lied. I have one more question for Daniel because first time on the Wish, I always love to ask people, what's one thing Disney got really right? What's one thing that you think is an opportunity? And would you come back on the Wish again?
2: Oh, great great questions. Um, one thing that they got right is I think the theming on the ship is amazing. Like every time you turn a corner, there's some detail that uh, you know, I've been on it for 4 days and I'm just seeing things. I'm like, "Oh, the coffee shop in uh, in the marketplace, you know, has Alice in Wonderland theming throughout. Like like there's there there's things like in the background that are like uh, you know the Mad Hatter's Tea Company, uh, and and it's everywhere. It's not just like in one place. Like every time you turn a corner, there's more theming. I'm a big outdoor person generally and i really like on the uh, the other classes of ships that i can go out outside and i can just loop i can just do loops around the the outer deck and here everything kind of ends you know you'll be walking through a corridor and it's you're going to have to go up some stairs and across and down there's just no continuity i kind of wish that was that was there so the, oh i did go to the gym today and the gym was actually really good like they they've got every, you know Every bit of equipment that you could want. Yeah, I was able to lift weights, like free weights. And that's not something I expected on a ship. So it was was good. And so would you sail the wish again? I would sail the wish again. Uh, However, I want to go back on the other classes. I really want to go on the Fantasy, which is the one ship I haven't been on yet. So...
0: Fantasy is amazing. Fantasy is amazing. Uh, Ashley is is uh, gesticulating about the Hero Zone, a favorite of ours too. I think it was a great design choice. So yes, yes. All right. Well, we're going to wrap it up with Daniel and Ashley, but we are going to now move on to two very special guests. One, you know well, our son, Nathan. The other is a friend Nathan made on board, Daniel and Ashley's daughter, Catherine. And so we are excited to get their take on a few things. I am going to start with something we already mentioned, which is Olaf's picnic. And I'm going to start with Catherine. Katherine, what did you think of Olaf's Picnic?
4: I thought it was really fun. My favorite parts were the singing and the dancing. Um, But I did like how you get a lot of gifts. That was um, one of my favorites. Because you also get like a coloring book with a lot of colors. and And there are some
5: activities in the coloring book, which is really fun.
0: What about you, Nathan? What did you think about Olaf's Picnic?
5: It was great. My favorite part has got to be the food and the cute troll puppets. And and you get this little toy troll that like you can put it into a rock or not. Like it has a, its own rock.
0: What was your favorite food item?
5: The cupcake you get at the start.
0: Cupcakes? I shouldn't have canceled my ticket. All right. What did you both think of the Kids Club? Nathan, this has been one of your favorite Kids Clubs in the fleet. So let me start with you. Did you like the Kids
5: Club? It is awesome. There is so much to do. There's crafts. The main part has so much play stuff. And then there's like so many crafts and games.
0: All right, Catherine kids club is it a is it a, a thumbs up or a thumbs down
4: thumbs up two of my favorite things were the slide so you can either check in normally or go down the slide um and i love there's this room called fairy tale hall it has Rapunzel's room Elsa's room and um Belle's room and you get to Belle's room you get to go on iPads and it's really fun Catherine, I understand that you did some of the, I'll call them organized
1: activities in the club, meaning when like somebody comes in to read a story or there's some kind of specific activity going on. What was maybe one of your favorites that you got to do in the club?
4: Well, there was this one time where it was like Belle's story time or something, and we got to make characters. We got to um have their favorite thing to do um there was villain people and there was like everything a story would have and then you would have those people like a few of those people act them out and i really like doing that so and i like sometimes like these people will pretend to be fishes and it's really fun because you get to do activities
0: all right now for all of our listeners out there what you can't see right now is that Catherine is dressed as princess jasmine and she looks stunning and so i have to ask Catherine all about the bibbidi-bobbidi boutique and so What did you think about the Bibbidi-Bobbidi Boutique?
4: It was very fun. You get the uh, same hairstyles as on all the other ships. So if there are too many kids, they do have extra space that they normally don't use. But if there are so many people, they will use that extra space. So you get to buy dresses. You get to come with a bag, all the makeup material. And it's really pretty. I got to have my pink hair. I got to have the pink hair done.
0: I think Catherine looks fabulous. What do you think, Nathan? Does she look like a Disney princess?
4: Yes.
0: (laughs) All right. All right.
4: I'd love to
1: hear from each of you what your favorite activity to do on board has been on this cruise. We'll start with Nathan this time.
4: Well, this is easy. Kids Club. Mine was... Well, I have three. I like the pool, the kids' club, and roaming around the ship with my friends and getting ice cream. The ice cream is really good.
0: All right. Well, the kids have been asking us to do a little rapid fire. And so we've reached that point in our show where I need to hand you over to Sam for some arbitrary questions, some arbitrary rules, and a dash of judgment or the round known as rapid fire.
1: Okay. I'm going to ask you guys some Disney favorites and some Disney Cruise Line favorites, We're going to start with who is your favorite Disney
4: character, Catherine? That's really hard because I have two. So my first one is Mal from Descendants. She's evil, but she turns nice. And I really like how she has so many outfits and I love her purple hair. And then I really like Jasmine. She's one of my new favorites. But I really like her because she's independent and I really like the show. All right,
1: Nathan, and we haven't asked you this question in a
4: while, but
1: who is your favorite Disney character?
5: Pluto, not Donald. There's a lot of fighting over who's better, Pluto or Donald, though.
0: The answer has not changed.
1: Okay, what is your favorite Disney movie? Nathan, we're going to start with you on this one.
4: Zootopia. My favorite is Frozen 2. I love all the songs, and I really like Frozen 2.
1: So I think
0: Catherine's pretty excited for dinner then tonight in Arendelle.
4: Oh, yeah. We're going to be maybe, maybe we'll have to sing
1: later. We'll sing together into the unknown, into the unknown, right? Okay, let's jump to Disney Cruise Line and ask you what your favorite rotational dining restaurant is. It doesn't even have to be on this ship, on any of the ships. So where's it? What's your favorite dining room to eat in, Catherine?
4: This is on the Wonder, um, like the Mermaid Try an aerial one. I love that one so much because there's so much space where you can just walk around
5: if you want to. So, And I like the food. Oh, uh, I got to think about this for a second. There's so many. There's so many choices. It's a hard decision between Marvel and, uh, and Animator's Palette. I got to go with Animator's Palette because you get to draw characters and then they dance.
1: A classic. I to- that totally makes sense to me.
5: Okay, what is your favorite
1: onboard activity generally? Doesn't have to be from this cruise, but what's your favorite thing you like to do on any Disney ship? All right, Nathan. Kids club. One one
4: word. Yes.
0: Kids club. All right. Catherine,
4: I like the kids club in the pool the best because so I really like the water slides at the pool and I really like the kids club because they're all different from each other. So I'm going to I'm going to ask you a question about
1: the water slide on the wish. Is the Aquamouse a thumbs up or a thumbs down? Catherine,
4: definitely a thumbs up because you get to do cartoons and it's basically like you're in the cartoon like. It's really fun. And there's this part where you go over the ship. So if you're scared of the water, well, like the ocean water, maybe you shouldn't look down at
5: the when it goes to the clear part. All right, Nathan, did you like the Aqua Mouse? Thumbs up. Uh, I have another thing to say. Probably my favorite water slide. Out of all the water slides, not the AquaMaster or Aqueduct, not those, because those aren't really water slides. They're more of like they're more of like rides with water. So I would have to say, out of the, all the water slides on the but on the Disney cruises, my favorite has gotta be the Slidosaurus Rex.
1: Okay, now for my last question, what is your favorite Disney cruise line ship and why? All right, Catherine.
4: The wonder. I've been on it like three times. I really, really, really like it a lot. Well, I really like it because I really, I don't know, I just really like it. Because I've been on it three times. It's basically the only ship I know besides
5: how good I know the Wish. All right, next question. Same question to Nathan. It's a giant battle between the Wish and the Wonder because The Wonder, I know the entire layout, I've been on it so many times, but The Wish ha- has so much cooler stuff, but The Wonder, I know better. So I would have to say both The Wonder and The Wish.
0: Says the kid with the platinum lanyard at age nine. So wait, before we wrap up Rapid Fire, I have one more question, because we've started our Spotify playlist where we are cat- cataloging our guests a favorite Disney song, so... Catherine, what is your favorite Disney song?
4: It's from Descendants 3, Evil Queen. It's where this girl named Audrey, daughter of Sleeping Beauty, turns evil. And it's really good because she gets into a different outfit.
5: And I really like the song. Oh, oh this is a hard one. Service pressure from Encanto.
0: So there you go. There you have it. That concludes the round we know is Rapid Fire. Uh, it's been great talking with Nathan and Catherine and Ashley and Daniel as well so fun to sail with them and hope we get to sail with them in the future and uh, with that we will head into probably what is our final segment of the show on disembarkation and our dinner this evening so we will be back all right. Hey, everyone, we are back and we are going to talk about disembarkation. We are sitting in cabana number six on the family beach, enjoying our second cruise. But We're going to rewind to our first cruise. And so first thing we have to start with is uh, we were invited to drinks in the Tower Suite, courtesy of one of our friends, Chris in the Concierge Lounge. So thanks for that very generous invitation to come have drinks with you and your family in the Tower Suite. It was great to see the suite. It was even better to uh, spend some time with Chris and his family, and get to know him a little bit better. I will say the Tower Suite lived up to its hype in terms of its elegance. And decor, lots of little Moana touches throughout, lots of little statuettes. Um, they did value engineer out some of the Moana theming. So I know when they did the Wish reveal, they showed like a big Heart of Tefiti when you walked into the suite that would glow green. And I think the assumption was would play some music and do some fun things. That is now just a solid statue with no tech involved. So We toured around the tower suite a bit. Um, We've talked to many people who've sailed in and it was nice to put eyes on it. I don't want to rehash the whole layout of the tower suite. Um, It's gorgeous. I will say, uh, I think Chris thought it needed a balcony. I kind of agree for the price that they're paying. I was a little uh, taken aback that there's just no outside space, but I was more taken aback just by the view from the tower suite. It stares literally onto Currents Bar. And I know people have talked about whether you can see in from the bar into the suite. You know, Chris shared with us, you really, you couldn't, Um, you'd have to be standing up against the glass for people to see you. Um, But I was just sort of, you know, for people who are paying that kind of money, um, it felt a little awkward. To just be staring at a bar space and now having seen it, I mean, it's really close. So um, I think that that's just a poor design decision on Disney's choice. I get why they did it because that space in the funnel is largely unused. And, you know, to give a better view would mean they'd be giving up more rooms on the front of the ship, I think. And that. Is just not something they're going to do, uh, but I just think that's a poor design decision, in my opinion, for someone paying that amount of money to just be staring at people at a bar all day. But Sam, I don't know what you, what did you think of the tower suite?
1: I have to agree with you. I thought it was beautiful. Um, I I think the location is cool that it's in the funnel, but you are giving up the you know having a veranda. And uh, as Chris mentioned, he actually thinks he prefers the two-story, two-bedroom royal suites like the, I think, Princess Aurora and the Briar Rose. So I, I I, can understand why those might be actually more attractive on the Wish than the Tower Suite. I will say I was amazed at the number of bathrooms. I believe there were five bathrooms. One of them was just a powder room, but I think there were five bathrooms total in the Tower Suite. And technically like four bedrooms. So each of the four bedrooms basically had its own bathroom and then there was an extra powder room. Okay, so to be clear for the four bedrooms that I'm talking about, there are basically like two master bedrooms. There is one room that is has kids bunk beds. So two uh, two beds, but they're bunk beds. And then there's another room that is a library that's got like a Murphy bed. So that's what I mean when I say four bedrooms. Um, it can sleep, I believe, eight people.
0: So after drinks in the tower suite, we uh, we headed to dinner, uh, met up with uh, Daniel and Ashley and went off to Arendelle for dinner. Uh, still a great spot. We had a great table, lots of interaction with Oaken and friends and Anna and Elsa stopped by. And so did Kristoff and Olaf was in full effect, although his arm did fall off in the middle of the show and they had to put it back on. Uh, Great dinner. Had the scallops, which everyone raves about, and it was really good. Uh, Again, uh, it's a great dish. Uh, Also really enjoyed the meatball dish they have, which is their pasta dish for the evening, which is sort of like Swedish meatballs. So great dinner overall. I don't know, Sam, if you had any thoughts on Arendelle.
1: I just have to give a plug for that scallop appetizer and the, I'm going to call it Swedish meatball style dish, but uh, the meatballs with the pasta, as you said, with the lingonberry jam, fantastic.
0: I I will say the restaurant is still very loud. Um, The table we were at did not feel very crowded as our last table in Arendelle when we were on the Maiden and the DVC charter. Uh, So we had a little more space around our table, but I think that was a little unique to its positioning in the restaurant. Uh, So um, and overall, Sam, do you think that the spacing was about the same in the restaurants or did you feel like there was more space, or did you feel less crowded?
1: Um, I would say it's m- about the same. I did not feel any more crowded. Um, maybe felt even a little less crowded because we had a slightly smaller table, and maybe I think that might have made the difference. But yeah, I thought it was, um, you know, as Brian said, we had a nice view, and the table was, you know, comfortable. It's certainly a more crowded restaurant than on some of the other ships, though.
0: After dinner, we called it a night because uh, we had disembarkation the next day. Thankfully, we had late seating on that cruise, and so the disembarkation breakfast was in Arendelle later in the morning, as opposed to the 6.45 AM for breakfast for folks with early dining. Late dining gets a, what was it? eight 8.20. Late dining gets an 8.20 AM breakfast before debarkation. As back-to-back cruisers, we were told to stay on the boat for basically as long as possible. We ended up disembarking around 9.30, 9.35. It was about, I don't know, 10 minutes door to door. Actually, I think we got off around 9.20 and it was about 10, 15 minutes walk off the ship, get through customs, and then we hung outside the port terminal for about, I don't know, 10 or 15 minutes for them to reopen and start re-embarkation. Uh, we will talk about our reembarkation experience on the next episode. I just want to say for disembark, back-to-back experience on the Wish is a bit different than it is on the other ships because they did not have us all meet up in one location for disembarkation. So the rest of the experience is the same. If you're in the same room, you don't have to pack, leave all your stuff where it is, if you're changing rooms, you can pack up. your. You have to pack up your things. Anything on hangars, they will move for you. But unlike on the other ships we've been on, we didn't meet up in one location and, and weren't escorted off the ship as a group. We were just told to disembark sort of at our leisure, knowing that the port would reopen around 10 a.m. or so to start checking folks in. But we had to go through the whole disembarkation process and then check back into the port, which was um, just a little bit different than what we've experienced on the other ships. But disembarkation was smooth. Um, Sam, did you have anything to add as we wrap up the cruise here?
1: I just think... I think that on the Wish, because there are more back-to-back cruisers, that's probably why they don't have you meet up at a specific location on board. But I just also wanted to add that at Port Canaveral in general, you if you're back-to-back, you need to actually exit the port and exit the building and and wait outside before they reopen the port. So there is a little bit of time that you'll be sitting outside waiting.
0: All right. Well, that's where we're going to wrap things up for our first cruise. We've got the second cruise coming up and uh, you'll hear that episode later this week. And so stay tuned for that, but uh, have some very exciting and special things to talk about on that cruise, not the least of which is that we have been testing the Disney Band Plus on board the Disney Wish this uh, past three day sailing. They're doing some testing on board with uh, a few hundred folks. And so we were excited to be a part of that and uh, can't wait to share our experience with you. But we'll leave it there Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next time.
1: See you real soon.
0: All the things are there, including a way you can sign up to be a guest on the show if you'd like to share your Disney Cruise Line experience. Most importantly, you can always email us at dclduo at gmail.com if you'd like to connect with us, or you can call our voicemail line if you'd like to leave us a message. We love to include the voices of our listeners in our show. Just dial 402-413-5590. That's 402-413-5590. And that will head straight to our Google Voice voicemail line. The DCL Duo podcast is not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the Disney family. of theme parks, the views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Disney company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent or the great folks over at My Path Unwinding Travel. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with a DCL duo. Good night.